0: I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk, and this is a podcast about what goes on behind the scenes at startups, the good, the bad, and the gritty. Let's dive in. Paul, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to hang out with us here at the Grit Daily Startup Podcast. We love to cover the world of, of startup that tell stories of, of people's experience, both good, bad, and what we like to call the gritty. So I'm excited to hear uh, what your experience has been in, in the world of startup. But before we get into all that, let's help our listeners better understand a little bit about you and your backstory.
1: Yeah, sure. So, so I'm a, I've been in the industry for 30 years, but I, you know, I started as a, basically a biology geek. I loved biosciences, physiology, neurophysiology, anatomy. So I did that in university, did a master's degree in neurophysiology, and then uh, started in the industry, um, initially with AstraZeneca, a large farm company, initially in Canada, but spent most of my time with AstraZeneca in Sweden and in the UK, initially working with the regulatory authorities, but ultimately moving to business development um, and acquiring new assets for Astra. Um, ultimately, I moved to the biotech side, which is really the startup area. Uh, and have been doing that for the last 15 years, mostly either in business development type roles or general management roles. Um, I've been really lucky in my career. I've worked with over 10 products that have gone from development stage through to approval in many different therapeutic areas, really exciting uh, um, uh, new therapies. Um, And I've um, got a deal sheet. So I've worked in over $3 billion worth of realized deals uh, in my career as well. So that's my background. Amazing. And um,
0: when did everything start with NerveGen, and how did that whole idea and concept come
1: about? So it started for me about three years ago, but the company itself started much uh, a couple of years before that. But really, (laughs) there's two stories to NerveGen. There's the scientific founding of NerveGen, and then is the founding of the company. So our scientific founder is a, a guy called Dr. Jerry Silver based out of Case Western Reserve University. And what he was interested to know was why do nerves grow where they grow and why do they not grow where they don't grow? What causes them to, 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 to what, what gives them direction? And ultimately this work ended up looking at disease and why is it when you have an injury such as a spinal cord injury, That the nerves don't grow, the nerves don't fix themselves. And that was Jerry's initial work. He came up with a bunch of really interesting discoveries, understood why the nerves don't grow when they don't grow, and actually synthesized a drug that interrupts (coughs) that regulation system and allows the nervous system to repair itself. Um, He published his seminal paper showing this works spinal cord injury in 2015. So that's part A. Part B is equally as interesting. Um, One of our founders, um, a dentist called Dr. Harold Punnett, based up in Vancouver, his daughter-in-law got into a tragic accident. She became a paraplegic, um, paralyzed below the belly button. Um, She was 27 years old, had three young kids, and Harold was beside himself trying to figure out what could be done for her. And he started to look at what was available approved drugs to treat spinal cord injury patients. There's nothing approved. He looked at what was in the clinic so that maybe she could get participate in a clinical trial. And there was nothing in the clinic that was really inspiring. Things that just maybe showed marginal differences preclinically and nothing in the clinic had shown to be effective. So he started to look for, well, what's the Uh. research? What's the the early research doing? And he found Jerry. So the company was started when um, Harold realized that Jerry was by himself as an academic at Case Western, had no industry sponsors, and he worked for two years to bring the technology out of Case Western. He was able to do it together with his partner, our executive chairman, Bill Radback, and they formed NERVGEN in 2018.
0: Amazing. And when, have you, when did you jump on board? I jumped on board in late 2019. Okay, great. And um, how have things been? I mean, have you I mean if it's been a couple of years now, so you know when, when, what is your
1: specific role with the company so I'm, I'm the CEO of the company. Okay. Um, so I, I replaced the original CEO. Um, we had just gone into an IPO on the Canadian Stock Exchange, um, and I had uh, more capital markets experience uh, than the original CEO, uh, so I jumped in for that reason um, okay. but
0: and and were you doing any 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 work in the startup world prior to or you
1: mentioned AstraZeneca <coughs> before, uh, prior to that? Has it all been in the in the in the medical field? Yeah, it's all been in, in biotech. So I've worked. Uh, it's after AstraZeneca. So AstraZeneca is definitely not startup. It's it's large pharma, and and sure. it's always nice to have that experience working in a large company. But since then, I've worked um, at small companies ranging from. Uh, five employees up to 100 employees. Um, all biotech companies looking working in different therapeutic areas, um, and many of them have succeeded and been bought out by big pharma. Um, and some have unfortunately not succeeded, and the technology fails, and they 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 crumble away, and uh, you find your next uh, area of interest. Absolutely.
0: So what are you guys focused on this year? I mean, the time we're recording this episode, it's the middle of of 2022. What are
1: you guys currently working on that you're really excited about? Yeah, actually, this is the most exciting time to be in a biotech from my perspective, which is when you translate your preclinical results into humans, when you sort of say, hey, this hypothesis that we've been testing and we show works in rodents actually works in humans. So we're in the clinical studies right now and we're doing Right now, we're in healthy volunteers. So what we want to do is see how high a dose we can go, how well the drug is tolerated, um, and its <clears throat> its properties of how it's distributed through the body. We're about to wrap that up and start our studies in patients. We're going to be studying spinal cord injury patients, multiple sclerosis patients, and Alzheimer's disease patients. Amazing. And um, I'm assuming that you guys
0: are are anticipating, you know, st- new discoveries and, and new new technology. I mean, within things are constantly evolving. We I mean, technology is just incredible. What happens, especially uh, in in your world these days, um, you know, to the average person, it's kind of shocking because, um, you know, thinking about the way things, you know, what was not available uh, prior to, and then technology comes on the scene and all these advancements uh, as well too. Um, you know, what, what have what have been some of the things that you've already seen, but you know, in addition to what you guys are anticipating. Oh yeah, no. So this is
1: actually, this is completely different. This is a, this is a revolution in the neuroscience space. So, so most of your listeners won't know this, but in the neuroscience space, people are trying to develop drugs just for Alzheimer's or just for multiple sclerosis or just for stroke. And what they're trying to do is stop the progression of the disease, stop it from occurring, um, or contain the disease in the case of a stroke or a spinal cord injury. Um, But what nobody's doing successfully with pharmaceuticals is trying to repair the damage that's occurred. So, uh, you know, uh, a a patient with MS ultimately ends up uh, in a wheelchair. And although the drug's sort of slow progression currently, they don't repair the damage that's occurred. Or in the case of a stroke victim, uh, the, the, the current therapy is trying to contain the damage, but they're not trying to repair the damage after the stroke has already occurred. And that's what our technology does. It's actually completely different than almost everything out there in the neuroscience space. Rather than trying to stop the disease, we'll let other therapies do that. What we're trying to do is repair the damage that's occurred, try and let people walk more or longer than they could, or trying to uh, recover the ability to form memories, in, in such as in Alzheimer's patients. This is completely different. Um, and it's pretty exciting. I mean, if, it, if our results in humans and patients reflect any even part of what we've seen in the animal studies this will be revolutionary for the neuroscience space
0: yeah it's funny that you mentioned or interesting rather that you mentioned that um my sister was diagnosed with ms about 10 years ago and um really the, the only and she takes a shot every three days to i guess from my understanding arrest the development of it um, but yeah. at the same, and there's been all kinds of new tech, you know, drugs and pills and try this and try that. And she said, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to disrupt what, what is already working. I think the biggest downside she's had of, of MS has been, um, has been fatigue really that's been the only real downside yeah. sometimes some dis- some mild discomfort uh, here and there but thankfully every year her mri comes back with less and less um, matter uh, on her brain i don't understand all of the medical logistics on there but it's interesting to hear this and understand this because it sounds like what you guys are working on not only is it a breakthrough but it's also um you know something that's never been done not only never been done before but you, like you mentioned if 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 someone currently has ms and they're taking a medication it doesn't repair what, what the damage that has already been done on here. So I'd definitely be curious to learn more about how, how, that, how that all works and how you guys are going to be identifying um, you know, uh, people for, for that program. In fact, you know, we can just chat about that briefly now, just so someone's listening and sure. there may be a
1: fit there. <coughs> yeah, sure. And sorry to hear about your sister, the MS. It's, it's, uh, I don't wish that on anybody. Um, the, what happens in MS is the myelin, the fatty tissue that surrounds the neuron, becomes destroyed. De- 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 uh, destroyed. And the current therapies are pretty good at slowing that down and stopping the day-to-day symptoms as what's happens with your sister. Um, But some patients uh, uh, um, will progress over time. Some patients, these therapies don't work at all. And eventually over 10, 20, 30, 40 years, you still see a progression of the disease over time. So most patients over time will end up either with a cane or a walker or ultimately in a wheelchair. And that's the bit that we're trying to do. We're trying to remyelinate the nerves that allows a return of function to these patients. So for instance, in trials, one of the things that we do is we test how long does it take for a patient to walk in 20, sorry, how far can a patient walk in, in two minutes? Or how long does it take the patient to walk 25 feet? And what we're doing is hoping to improve those parameters, being able to have that, those patients uh, walk quicker. So in our trial, so the, the trials um, that we plan to do, we so, hope to initiate them um, next year. We'll be looking at patients that have accumulated some sort of disability, and we'll try and help reverse that disability. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll put that on clinicaltrials.gov, um, and uh, the investigators that we recruit to conduct the studies will all be identified there, and anybody interested in participating in a trial should go to clinicaltrials.gov and look for where the trials are being conducted. Amazing. And that, that URL, again, I'll be sure to include that in the show notes as well. Sure. Yeah. That's a really key one for anybody interested in any clinical trials. Anything done in the United States, most of everything done in the world is on clintrials.gov. You said trials.gov? Yeah. C-L-I-N-T-R-I-A-L-S.gov.
0: It's a great resource amazing amazing i'll be sure to include that in the show notes for those of you listening on here i mean this is you know we talk about the world of startup but we also talk about there's a lot of technology a lot of web 3 stuff that we cover on this show i mean we're looking for what is next what's taking place in in every different genre and it's clear that you guys um, are, are doing some incredible, incredible things uh, and, and work that really matters. Not that other people won't uh, do uh, you know, uh, things that matter in this space, but when it comes to biotech on here, which is just mind-blowing to most of us, it's like, wow, how is this even possible? Well, you know, the, the future is here, kids,
1: right? So, yeah, absolutely. And you know, yeah, I would say it's really satisfying to work in this field with a company like this, where you know that the work you're doing, uh, if it translates, is going to be impactful. Meaningful, change people's lives. It's actually pretty cool. Uh, anybody want to get into biotech? I would absolutely recommend it. Yeah, for sure.
0: Well, this is uh, fascinating. I love what you guys uh, ha- have going on here, and um, you know, it, it's it's an exciting time to be alive. We've been saying that for a very, very long time now. But when technology um, has, you know, been something that's now part of our everyday life, not really an option, and, it, it, and then it meets the world of technology specifically biotechnology. It's just uh, outstanding. So um, any final thoughts for our listeners based
1: on you know, the, w- what you guys done and what our conversation has been thus far? No, I mean, you guys talk about startups. It's an amazing place to, to work, biotech. If you're interested in learning more about our company, um, we have a website, nervegen.com. Uh, there's lots of information for those that are technically oriented, lots of publications. Uh, follow what we're doing. And, and if you want to follow how we're developing as a company, you can also sign up for a newsletter. So feel free. You know, um, if you want to learn more, there's a lot there. Absolutely. I'll be sure to include
0: the the link to NerveGen in the show notes at the description of this podcast episode. Be sure to check them out. Uh, and I'm sure uh, you'll you'll be equally as impressed as I have on this conversation. Paul, I appreciate your time. I appreciate taking the time out of your day to hang out with us on the show. I learned a ton here and uh, we'll have to have you back on the show sometime to get an update on how things are going for you guys uh, over at uh, NerveGen. But uh, I encourage you guys to keep changing the world. Awesome. Thanks very much. and love to come back and thanks for the time. You got it. Thanks, Paul. All right. Cheers. Bye. Until next time, friends. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Grit Daily Startup. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. This podcast is brought to you by GritDaily.com, the premier startup news hub. More information at GritDaily.com. Once again, I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk. Until next time, friends.